from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. You're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we take you behind what we teach here at Westside. I am Ben Fleming and my partner Evan Earwicker is still on the other side of the planet enjoying himself in Italy. So we're oh, his just going to suffer together today. His, his pictures are the worst. <laughs> Cinque Terre, just they, beautiful landscapes. Spoken from the guy, of course, Casey Parnell, our creative arts director, uh, pastor, excuse me, here at Westside Church. We just got back from New Zealand just a couple months ago, yeah, so we're not maybe feeling, you and I can commiserate. We are not feeling bad rough. for Casey either. Yeah. <laughs> I know I was posting pictures just, you know, bungee jumping and whatever else. So. It really was amazing. What was your What was your favorite part about that sabbatical trip? Uh, my favorite? I think bungee jumping was it. I mean, really? it was, yeah. I mean, I had one moment, like... I had one moment just like in there's this amazing drive down into Queenstown, which is the last place on the South Island we were at. By the way, if you haven't been to New Zealand, it's amazing. But, um, and we were just drive, it was like dusk, you know, the sun's going down. We're driving down this amazing windy road. My brother is like, we're going to die because we're on the left hand <laughs> side of the road, right? You're driving on the left hand side of the road oh, down there. Sweet. And he's freaking out thinking we're going to drive off the side of the cliff. And I am, I have the phone out the window and I'm filming the whole thing and I'm like, a golden retriever dog, like with my tongue wagging, like out the window, having so much fun. And he's, I, I realized at the end of it, he, he was like freaking out. Stressed driving out. He was serious. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he was actually serious. So that was like, I two moments, I guess, bungee jumping yeah. in that, in that. And the drive in there. Yeah. Well, like I said, we're joined by Casey Parnell, creative arts pastor here at Westside Church. And of course, the lead pastor at Westside Church, Steve Mickle. And we are talking emotional health. It's week three. Are you two feeling emotionally healthy? Yet, are we getting there? Uh, it's uh, pretty early in the morning right now, so no. <laughs> so early, and I was up <laughs> so late. Time of day. <laughs> I don't know if I ever feel emotionally uh, healthy. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's actually like technically not even early. It's nine a.m. and the it's creative still early arts. for me. I can't get over it. I'm a dad. I get up at like six every morning, and I still am not a morning. I can't get it. Everybody always told me, "Hey, oh, you'll get used to it. It'll be fine." I'm not there. I'm not even close. <laughs> never, I don't even feel like I'm on the road yet. Never adjust. <laughs> never adjust. Well, Casey, you preached last week about social awareness within the uh, within the realm of emotionally healthy. Uh, first of all, like a lot of these different subjects, talk about how this even relates to spirituality. Sometimes I think about yeah, social awareness. That's something that you learn. I don't know, in like a finishing school or, you know, this isn't like a normal church topic of conversation, at least it seems to me. How does this fit into spirituality for us? Yeah, it doesn't really. Um, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know it sounds like one of those subjects that you like, everyone like fall in line and balance a book on your head and, you know, don't chew with your mouth, you know, open and all that stuff. But um, I think, you know, it just goes back to the, the basics of uh, like what Jesus said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. And I think what I said this weekend is we don't just want to be um, loving our neighbor in terms of social justice and clothing the naked, feeding the hungry um, from that aspect, which is really what we kind of put in the box of um, loving your neighbor a lot of times, but we want to love our neighbor emotionally. We want to be aware of, um, and spiritually be aware of what people are experiencing on the inside as well. So that's what I thought about when, uh, when I was speaking this. And we do this well how? How do, we, how do we know we're doing this right when it comes to social awareness? Are there different things that we can kind of 
take on, and it's funny, Steve, and, and you could probably speak to this, uh, Pastor Steve, when this topic of conversation came up in teaching team meetings that, hey, we're going to talk about social awareness, everybody's like, oh, Casey's teaching that. That is the best. That's the ideal. No Why pressure. Is, yeah, No I know, pressure right? at all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. How do you interact with other people? Like, yeah. do a good job at this. Sure. Well, you do a great job. So why, why is it that Casey's so good? Yeah, because he's aware of everyone else around him. And I mean, he's just, he has a sense of like what people are feeling. Um, so many Christians and people in general, not just Christians are so focused on themselves. You know, they're just like their world and their problems and their issues and very, it's not, it's a, it's a skill as Casey talked about this weekend of being aware. And Casey's done that. He's always, he's always looking for the person that's outside the group, outside the circle, somebody that maybe doesn't feel like they're part of, um, and, and embracing them in their, whatever emotional state they're in, um, empathy and compassion and some of those things that he talked about this weekend. I think, I I can't remember what test I took one time, but it was like, Essentially, the end of the test was you're a host of the world or hostess of the world. Like there's oh, no maybe some strength, the big strength finders or something, but um, it just described that. And I honestly, it's as much of a I don't know where it comes from. I think it's my both my parents kind of have this as well, so maybe it's in my DNA. But you, I can't shut it off either, and that's the worst. Like sometimes there's just <laughs> like I mean, there's moments where like people are okay, you know, they're doing fine. Like they don't need your help. <laughs> Right. stop you yeah. know so i think it can also be a little overbearing i was with so casey down in burbank uh, a couple months ago and um every single person whether it was a waitress or um somebody that's helping us at a store or just i mean just along everywhere we went casey was always very engaging with people i mean asking them their name um what they do for a living um you know how their day's going how I their mean, kids are no <laughs> i mean it get, yeah it didn't get it didn't are get creepy uh, <laughs> i don't think casey's ever been creepy <laughs> just off the top <laughs> that's probably not uh emotionally healthy <laughs> no i i get it i think uh it just comes back to that core tenant that people matter. They really do. And if we look at it in scope of eternity, it's like, who are we taking with us? Like, and I want, I'm going to see hopefully, you know, um, people that maybe I met like once or twice in my life and just had a brief interaction with. And, uh, like I had this lady, uh, yesterday I was at market of choice. Have you guys been to that that, uh, grocery store? It's kind of a, like a whole foods or something, but I was there yesterday just getting some dinner and this, the lady that was serving me, um, her name was Patty and she was just telling me, she had this quick moment of like, well, I said, you got to follow your dreams, right? Like we we're just joking around. And she's like, well, if I was doing that, I wouldn't, wouldn't be here. And I was like, no, no, like you need to, like, we had a moment, you well, know, it was wow. like just casual. Like, I was like, no, like you need to, like, you need to accomplish those things that are, that are in your heart. And just like had a moment of encouragement, super simple. She's like getting me lasagna out of a case or something. Cause I don't cook for myself. And so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Casey, you're like, really, yeah. you, you have that personality. Like, like, Ben and I probably do not, right. right? So what would you say, Casey, to people that are more introverts that, but still can do, how can we still do that kind of thing yeah. where, where it's, I know we might need to be stretched a little bit and I'm really open to that, but, but it's not natural for, for me and not natural for a lot of people. Or can everybody do this? Mm, yeah. <laughs> can yeah. everybody do this? Yeah. I realize it's outside of people's comfort zones and their kind of innate personality. And I don't, um, like, 
I, I find myself in introverted moments as well. So that I, I don't want people to think I'm just this crazy extrovert, but I, I lean extroverted in social situations. And so, and I respect both sides because it's people's internal kind of makeup. And some people are just really naturally gifted at it, at, at whatever being outgoing. And some, some people, um, they're just fine. I think I, when I look at introverts, for example, I, I, can appreciate just the security they feel like being on their own or um, just sitting down and reading a book or, you know, whatever. So I think there's health on both sides of that scale. Um, but I think for people that are learning to reach out, I don't know, it could be as simple as just starting with lear- like thinking about learning people's names hmm. wherever you go. That's so good. if you're in the Starbucks drive through you look at their name tag or you say if they don't have one, you're like, hey, what's up, James? How's your day going? You know, it's just learn a name and ask a simple question or what was your favorite part of this day? And like I said, over the weekend, develop a back pocket question. And so it can kind of be something that you practice and then you naturally get a little bit better at it. Um, One thing I've done, Casey, as an introvert is like if I get somebody comes to my mind or I see somebody and 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 a lot of times I think it's actually God like pointing just highlighting somebody that needs a little touch. Right. And so my my thing isn't to like pick up the phone and call them right away or go try to have coffee with them because of my introvertedness, but I'll write a note or send an email or awesome. a text, you know, and just say, Hey, I'm thinking about you. How are things going? And that starts a conversation. Whereas, you know, just because I, I'm not, you know, as extroverted as you are, I think there are other ways to like connect yeah. um, with people and be aware of their needs. I think too the, um, just being spirit led in it is really important because, uh, somebody like you, Steve, there's a lot of people vying for your time and energy and you only have a certain amount that you can give. And so, um, it's not everyone in the whole world. It's like, it's just being attentive. It's like, uh, being intentional and attentive about others and then letting the spirit lead you in those. It's really good because everybody actually is super busy. I mean, there's not, and, and I think that just that awareness aspect of like, oh, there are people, there are other people in the room (laughs) right now. (laughs) (laughs) I should like uh, say hello. (laughs) So is this, is this a have to, because I think about a lot of things, even just scripturally or, you know, sometimes in the DNA of other churches as opposed to, you know, our church or it's in our DNA as opposed to other churches. I think about things like worship, you know, where people are like, well, no, like the, the Bible tells us that we're going to, that we're going to dance before the Lord and we're going to scream, we're going to shout and we're going to do all these things, or we're going to go into the world and we're going to preach the gospel into all the nations. And a lot of times, uh, at least in my life, I, I pick up on things and I think, well, yeah, that's not my personality though. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but I will do this. Is this being socially aware? Is this a have to thing within the kingdom of God? Or do we kind of have the ability like you and me, Steve, to just be like, well, yeah, but we're more introverted. So Casey yeah, well, let's gets to out. go into all the world and be socially aware. <laughs> and we're going to hang out. And maybe we'll just do the tipping well part. And we'll call it good. Is this a have to kind of a thing? Is this for everyone all the time? Yeah, because tipping well is so quiet. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a have to. Casey, what do you think? I mean, I think it's not. I don't think it's an optional thing to be aware of others around you, regardless. You know, but but it is more challenging. I think. Yeah. Well, we. I mean, we talked about the Good Samaritan this weekend, and that passage just kind of came up in our speaking team as well. But Luke chapter ten, it's like he comes upon him, like in the priest and the Levite who are before. The Samaritan, the guy that's in the ditch, you know, it's random. Um, and so I think 
um, the guy, the, the teacher of the law that asked a question initially is like, who's my neighbor? He's trying, he says he wants to justify himself. And I said, when Jesus says the phrase, do this and you will live, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and love your neighbor, do this and you will live, you should probably stop there. Like that's yeah. like Jesus kind of put an exclamation point or a period at the end of that. And he's like, but who's my neighbor? You know? And so <laughs> Jesus is like, well, let me tell you a story. Yeah. <laughs> and I love so Jesus was very socially aware, even in the moment of teaching, and um, and he happens upon somebody. So in in everyone's life, you're going to happen upon somebody, and Jesus is saying, That's when good. that happens, like this is your neighbor. It's yeah. really good, you know. And interestingly, um, you know, I, I didn't say this over the weekend, but the the guy in the ditch, like uh, this road from Jerusalem to Jericho, seventeen miles, it's dangerous. And this, and a lot of times, guys in, would be in a ditch, and it would be um, an ambush. Hmm. And so, and people know this as well. So, like, if you go to help somebody, you're risking your personal safety to actually go be compassionate. Hmm. And I, I, I didn't preach this on the weekend, but I thought a lot about it. Um, like, my our safety is sort of, it's like our thing. Wow. Yeah. Like our cocoon is our thing. Um, and Jesus is saying, like, cross, you know. Jewish to Samaritan, cross the boundary, cross cross racial boundaries, cross safety boundaries sometimes. Yeah. And I don't want to tell, go tell people to be crazy and like be unsafe, but right. um, there's something to it that's like at the edge of your comfort zone that I think we need to pay attention to. It does seem like the gospel is always pressing us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. It really does. I mean, as... Yeah. Ooh, this is a real great selling point for Christianity, yeah. right? <laughs> you will be uncomfortable, but there is something. <laughs> there is something to it. And isn't that the difficulty because we're, we're often telling people, hey, whatever gifts you have, press into those gifts. God has given you those gifts for a reason. Right. And I think a lot of times it's easy to gloss over the, hey, what you're really bad at, you need to get better at too. And that's a difficult thing for a lot of us. Whatever it is, we can come in during the Emotionally Healthy Life series and one week go, oh, well, I mean, I'm pretty good at that. That's great. And then week three of social awareness comes up and you're like, well... You know, I stink at that. So whatever, then I'm just gonna yeah. I'm gonna rest in week one or week two and week five. Maybe not so much week three, just because that's really not my personality type. So it's important to to get out there and do that. Have we ever been? Have you guys ever been? Like I worked, I worked at Dutch Bros for a little while. Oh yeah. Um, which speaking is like, of being socially aware, yeah, I know. <laughs> every right? moment of every second, and it's kind of fast paced. It's not like a lot of restaurant type of environments where, you know, you have people come in and they sit around for a little while and you serve them and it's one, you're trying to get them in there as quick as you can. I remember when I was brand new, I'm trying to learn people's names. I'm trying to learn drinks because that's actually a value that our managers were communicating to us. You know, number one, it's right. not about how you make the espresso. It's about, can you learn a name? Can you learn a drink? And, uh, I had people coming in who had been regulars to this stand and the people that I was working with have been there for years and they pull up and I'm at the window and I go, Hey, how's it going? Like, what can I get for you? And they don't even say anything. They just look past me hmm. and they're trying to crane their neck to look at who's on the other side of the stand. Oh my God. And I'm going, Hey, what can I get for you? And this, it was like my first customer and he goes, um, Sam in there. Uh, Sam knows. And I was like, you're like, I'm right well, here. Well, fine. I want to know. Can I know? <laughs> and it was honestly like several weeks of many, many regular customers completely ignoring me 
because they didn't want to say their drink again or they didn't want to say their name again. They don't want to relearn it. And I was just like, I felt like it really bothered me for a little while. It's like, why aren't you paying attention to me? Why aren't you noticing me? Just because you always know them, you know, it, it can be, it can be difficult, but it, you realize how important social awareness is if you've been on the other side of it as well. Have you ever been in that situation where you've been on the wrong side or maybe you've just screwed the social awareness thing up completely? Yeah. I, I mean, well, first of all, like, I, you guys are funny because you're both like, hey, we're introverts, but then you worked at Dutch Brothers. Like, <laughs> yeah. how does that even... <laughs> I can be extroverted for tips. Yeah, okay. Just, just <laughs> money thing, I love no. Dutch Brothers. I like to like, keep going around and around in the line just so there I can you. go to the... Hey, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Hi. You know my name. I, I like, like you that. shop at certain stores just to get a little self-esteem boost. <laughs> Dude, don't make fun of the introverts, man. I'm not. No, I'm just saying like... No, and that's what's, that's what's funny about it. I don't know if I'm answering your direct question but like you both would say hey I'm, we're more introverted but you're you actually both do amazing in social situations it's just certain i'd imagine there's certain like there's tons of people around and like there's something uh everyone feels this is like how am i gonna almost survive this social situation like i just need to get through it without saying something dumb or <laughs> <laughs> you know somebody's saying something mean back to, or somebody like you said, uh, looking past you and looking for the other person, yeah. um, like that is that that can actually be really like just take that and take it to the extreme. Like there's probably somebody in a social situation or a friend group right now that feels like there's another person that gets all the attention right. in the group, and they're just desiring um, to be known and to be loved and to belong. And there's those are really innate human desires that are important. And I think social awareness teaches us in our, our groups to to look for those people and say, ah, there's something there. I wonder if I can nudge them in the in just encouragement or the right direct you know, the right direction. I think there's something to that. So And I also think we have to like this whole series is about raising the level of emotional health with everybody. Because we all we've all been in relationships where one's emotionally healthy and one's not as emotionally healthy. And and for that can't last for too long. Otherwise that relationship will break down. There's got to be, both have to be raising the level of the emotional awareness because you, like if I'm self-aware and I'm, and I'm working with someone that's completely emotionally unhealthy, eventually that's going to wear me down and that person's not going to find what they need. And so, and, and so people that are not socially aware, they have to like realize I maybe they have to have a high self-awareness so that yeah. so that when they do come into those situations, Casey, where they're not part of the group because of their health uh, internally, they're not like like bummed out. You know what I'm saying? Because they're yeah, they're right. they're they're strong internally, and I think that because we all know people that that they could use this um, against churches, yep. against organizations that say, well, they're not taking care of my needs. They're not aware mm. of my needs. Right. That is actually unhealth, right? I mean, right. obviously we totally. want to care for people, but there's at some point people have to realize, okay, I can't get everything from an organization that I need or from a person, one person that I need. That's why marriages sometimes don't make it is because you put all of that pressure of what you need on one person's shoulders. And it's never, right. it's so never meant to be why, that way. That's why you can say that self-awareness and social awareness have to go hand in hand. Right? They do. I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, somebody was asking me about this cause they said some, like essentially the example to be brief about it was, 
they're going to use this compassion message against me. Like you're not being compassionate towards me. Right. And I, I went back and said, well, remember what Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. So there's something about, uh, this is one message but Pastor Steve preached, you know, you preached the weekend before about that self-awareness. And it's like, mm-hmm. these things have to go hand in hand. You have to, I, you know, to for lack of a better kind of like self-help term, you have to love yourself. Like, um, you like take care of who you are and understand who you are. The more you do that, the more you're self-aware, you, ta- you um, acknowledge your shadow and find healing and vulnerability, all those things. That's going to help you be more socially That's aware. exactly right, Casey. Yeah. So um, I think Jesus said it as well. And so simply, you know, I'm obviously filling this up with words, but Jesus is <laughs> like, love your neighbor as yourself. Love yeah. God, and then yeah. love your neighbor as yourself. It's, there's some very simple but profound and I, things I think I'm learning you, through that. you addressed that in a real simple way when you talked about take a more active role in your relationships and use the example of when you walk into a church and you don't feel like you've been greeted properly, Go find someone to say hello to. And it's funny. I think it's actually a work of the enemy a lot of times when we think, especially in a church situation, well, I want to be a volunteer. I want to help out with this. And then we go, well, but I don't want to say anything to the person who is actually asking for help. Have you ever been in that situation where a person has stood on a platform and gone, we need help with this? And you go, oh... I'm not going to ask. I'm going to be in the way. And it's like, they just asked for help. <laughs> right. They actually need it. They're not yeah. lying. Yeah. So, we, so sometimes just taking that active role and saying, well, nobody's talking to me or maybe nobody's reaching out to me, but there are opportunities to begin relationships at every single turn. And, and really that's just in culture. That's not just in the church. You can go and you can start conversations if you want to have yeah, a conversation. Yeah, I, I agree, Ben. If anybody out there that's listening to this podcast is socially aware, they're good at this, lead the way help other people in their friend group kind of see that and know how to be that so that they don't just kind of get this closed mindset that it's just about me. Um, yeah, I think anybody out there just lead the way in church or at work or wherever, wherever they find themselves. Yeah. Um, I thought of this scripture actually, um, before we came in, but it's Philippians two, three to four. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition, which is hard or vain conceit. Uh, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to each of you, to the interests of others. And um, just that little passage is so convicting to me because I have selfish ambition every, every moment of every day, right. you know? And it's like, do nothing out of that. Can be not like my motivation cannot be myself. Hmm. Um, you know, so there's a service as well. And obviously, um, you know, just. Paul and Paul and others are getting at this thing of like, look outside yourself and, and learn to serve. And in that you'll actually find life. Yeah. We think it's going to be the other way around. The more we take, the more we get, the more we serve number one, like that's going to bring us life. But you know, many, many people, missionaries, uh, you know, social workers, people have learned this, like compassion turned outward in service actually feeds you back and that shouldn't be the motivation but there's just a a mystery to it it's how it works yeah yeah you brought up five points uh, at the end of of your message you said uh, listen and be present number two learn names number three ask questions number four put your phone away uh that's a big one in my opinion that was like such a really quick point but (laughs) i feel like everyone's like oh (laughs) it's pretty plain yeah that hit just about everybody harder than uh and here i am but i'm looking at notes on my phone i promise oh yeah (laughs) Uh, and then number five actively build community we kind of addressed actively build community already but which of those four do you think if someone was saying okay 
I'm not very good at this and I want to start now, is there's one of those first four, listen to be present, learn names, ask questions, put your phone away that, that they could start with. What, what do you start with if you're not great at this? Um, I just gravitate towards asking questions. Um, somebody told me in the weekend service, do you know, I said, do you know anyone that if you've been at coffee with them for an hour, uh, like that you haven't talked the whole time, or if you found yourself talking the whole time and not, you didn't learn anything about somebody else, then there's probably a problem here. So for the introvert or the extrovert, just start by like one of the basics of conversation. I know it's so simple is just ask questions. I have some friends, I have two specific people in mind right now that are really, really good at this. And they'll just, you, you watch their conversation. It's just a train of questions. Yeah. Like what's your favorite thing on the menu? Oh, why do you like spaghetti so much? Like, do you have a childhood <laughs> memory about that? And then it just keeps going and going. And they just, the string of questions is really healthy. And then you collect data from other people. And this is not, it's not the way I think about it, but well, you, you right. get, you get important data from other people, yeah. and then you, that's what, how you learn. That's how community is built. Because um, as you know people, the more comfortable you get with them, and just the, then the more time you spend with them. Or you learn something about them that you don't like, and then you just leave. No, I'm, just <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna. I don't like this conversation. Ooh, I asked um, one too many questions. You're weird. I'm leaving. <laughs> and with, with regards to collecting data, I love that you you think about it that way because. Well, um, not always. I don't want all my friends to be like, oh, what are you doing collecting data right now? Like, <laughs> oh, you're researching. No. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. This, sound, this feels very personal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure so many of your conversations end that way. Um, but I was thinking about in terms of, because a lot of people say social media and technology is, has hurt social awareness and really just hurt people in social situations, period, which I think you can make the argument to be true. At the same time, one of the things that I have learned through social media and one of the ways to kind of spin it in more of a positive fashion is that social media gives you windows into cultures and groups of people unlike ever before. Yeah. And especially with, and we don't have to go deep into this, but after, after all the election things and everything just seems to be political, especially with regards to social media, I don't necessarily agree with everybody that I, I read online, but at the same time, a lot of the stuff I read made me go, oh my gosh, there are huge groups of people out there that believe that and that think that way. And it didn't just make me angry, but it, it made me think, oh my gosh, so okay, how can I communicate to that group of people? Or how can I minister to that group of people? How could I speak to that group of people or just love that group of people? So I, I think that's one of the underrated things. We're always so down on on social media and the, and the, the technology pieces, but I think there's a way to collect data, kind of like you said, about people that can help you. In and I think situations. we have to... I, I completely agree, Ben. I think we have to be careful that we that because of social media, we have the tendency, at least I do, that now I already know pretty much everything about the person. Right. So if I actually see them face-to-face, what am I going to say? Wow. I already know you had a kid, or I already know that you, you know, you're finishing your, your bachelor's at a college. I already know all of this. So I'm not asked. So then you have, to, you have to learn how to use that information to ask other deeper probing questions yeah. to go to another layer of relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because I think social media can um, replace Mm -hmm. actual social awareness, actual relationship um, a little bit if we're not careful, or it can do what I think it can, what it it does a lot of times is just deepen uh, existing relationships if you let it. That's a really good point. Yeah. And I was careful this weekend because I don't really, I don't want to get into social media bashing at all. Um, I think it's just like, it's something in our lives that we have and 
Um, it's, it's not going away, but I think we need to use it in moderation and there's going to be people out there that just live their lives and post everything. And you might need to take a step back because it's just become too much. Um, you know, and so it's like overuse of anything. Like if when I'm playing basketball and apparently overuse of anything is like playing three games for me, but like (laughs) I I roll my ankle or get hurt or I have, you know, I hit my thirties. So now I start to have nagging injuries. What are those injuries? Oh my gosh. But, um, it's like, yeah, learn to moderate that. And I, I remember specifically after my sabbatical break in January, I took my Facebook app off my phone. Because I just realized it was this source of, it's just even scrolling through and the sheer amount that I was collecting, my soul wasn't at peace. Wow. Um, and I just felt this. So I took it off my phone and then it creeped its way back in just because of practicality of having yeah. to post something for church or the band or whatever. But um, I'm finding I have to start conversations with people like, hey, I haven't, I haven't been on your Facebook page, so you got to tell me what's really going on because I don't, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it, it, they automatically assume you that. know everything that's going on in their wow. life that because they've posted it. And so now I'm like, I always kind of lead, hey, I haven't really been following social media much lately, so what's going on, you know? And that's pretty fun, actually, because they get to express it verbally, you yeah. know, what's happening. Um, or sometimes they look like irritated because I'm not following them on social media tell you all this stuff (laughs) exactly (laughs) that is such a strange phenomenon though like in today's day because people like sunday church like a hundred years ago was the gathering point for like social or or the pub okay but there's people had gathering points and sunday it's like they would farm in their fields all week and then they'd go sunday and and then they'd stay after for lunch and hang out and mm-hmm. picnic in the field or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. But it's like now we know every detail. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just very interesting. And I think it's it's something to think about and learn how to manage yeah. um, in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's all the things that fly at us in this life is like, what do we what do we learn how to do? It's like um, we, we learn how to use wisdom in in something and learn how to manage whatever it is the medium is in a healthy way. Yeah. So one of the last things that I want to ask you about, Casey, before we take off is you, you finished with this great story about how when you were a kid, you wanted to be an architect and you would draw mansions for people. What's your mansion look like? And let me draw it out for you. Mm-hmm. And, and you finished with, with really the simple phrase to sum it all up, that God was speaking to you about how he wants you to draw out the mansions and people in today for your life. I just love that imagery and I love that story. What So what does that look like? for you, Casey Parnell, as, as you go forward. Yeah. I think just because this is behind the message, like if I'm honest with everyone, I really debated telling that story because of, um, how, how deeply personal it is for me. Like I, when I'm saying I wanted to be an architect, God spoke to me on a plane. Like I said, I was in God's counseling chair where he took me back to fourth grade. Like this has never happened to me before. He used a picture from my childhood and then correlated it. Like I was like, God, I would draw out the mansions for these kids. And then he whispers to me on a plane, that is what I want you to do with your life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to get a tattoo now. You know, it's like, (laughs) here we go. Um, But so I debated actually telling that story, um, but I I prayed about it and just felt like this is going to, this is going to stick to some people's ribs. And, and if it's, if they're going to then in turn go and draw mansions out of other people, then it's worth telling. Um, And so for me, um, it, it's every moment where wherever I'm at, and I just I listen. You know, it, God speaks to people in different ways, but for me, it it is that random moment, just like on a plane, where He says, "Draw out the mansions." It's like I might be at 
um, a coffee shop after this and he may go that, that one right there. Like you need to give him money or you need to just go over and like C said, write him a note. Like, I love that idea. Like, what if you just, what if we gotten the note writing? Who writes handwritten? <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, this is another thing. Like I, I started to write handwritten notes on Monday mornings to people mm. um, that were just making a difference in the ministry at church or, and, and that you would not believe the feedback wow. I've gotten. It literally has been one of the single most powerful things I've done. And this is not saying much, but it's like <laughs> single most powerful things I've done in the last two years of ministry is just taking time to write a handwritten. It's like something about it, like pen to paper was just, it's so different than a text or whatever sure. right now. Um, but just taking the time to draw out the riches of God in people. And I, I hope people see that this is not about drawing out the mansions. Like everyone let's, it's not about physical man, like mansions. Right. It's like, there's just people living in poverty in some way, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Mm. Um, and how can we, through our generosity, our lives, encouraging words, uh, build them up into something great in Christ, in God. And, um, yeah, so if for whatever it's worth, if you're listening, and maybe that's your call to draw a mansion out of somebody um, in your own circle that's just living in a living in a shack, living in some kind of you know chain or bondage. Steve did such a great job. If you haven't listened to the message before this last one of just saying, "Face your shadow." What is that? And we can also be agents of healing yeah. for somebody else yeah. that's dealing with their Sometimes. own shadow. So. That's awesome. Well, Steve, Casey, thank you guys so much for joining me. Uh, if great. you like this one. I hope you stick around. Maybe go to BehindTheMessage.org and download this wherever you get your podcasts.